good day. I'm Derek Fildebrandt, publisher of the Western Standard, and you're watching The Pipeline. Today is August 23rd, 2023. I'm joined, as always, by Western Standard opinion editor Nigel Hannaford, fresh off of his interview with uh, Alberta Premier Daniel Smith just minutes ago. The Premier says hello. Oh, well, top of the morning to her, too. And uh, joined, as usual as well, by Western Standard senior Alberta columnist Corey Morgan, who just came out of, uh, I don't know, chatting with colleagues in the newsroom. Yeah, it's pretty much just sitting around gossiping. They're not nearly as interesting, I'm sure. I'm sure. No. No. Do they say hello as well? They do. Yeah. Okay. When prompted. Good. We're also going to be joined uh, later in the show by Western Standard Saskatchewan Bureau Chief Chris Oldcorn and by Western Standard uh, Business and Energy Reporter Sean Polzer. Uh, we're going to be talking today about, <laughs> this is a funny one, uh, a Ontario court has ordered that Jordan Peterson undergoes sensitivity training because he said he made some mean tweets about uh, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, this is a real thing. Uh, the, uh, I think it's called something along the lines of the Ontario College of Psychologists or whatnot, uh, disciplining him, trying to slap him for mean tweets about Justin Trudeau and how that could traumatize his patients, even though he doesn't have any patients at the moment. Uh, and they couldn't cite a single patient complaint against him. Uh, apparently, this traumatizes him. He said, to hell with you. He goes to court, and the court has agreed Jordan Peterson needs to attend sensitivity training. Uh, Saskatchewan, a uh, significant move there. Some of you will recall the big kerfuffle in New Brunswick. The New Brunswick government uh, had the audacity to say that if uh, students uh, under the age of 16 are going to be uh, called by a different name other than their given name or a uh, different pronouns other than the pronouns used by their parents. Well, that uh, the parents were going to have to sign off on this for kids younger than 16. Big kerfuffle there. But uh, Saskatchewan has picked this up. That is now going to be policy in Saskatchewan schools. You want to, uh, school wants to call a kid by a name that's not their name or a pronoun that is not aligned with their sex. You're going to have to have parental sign-off for that, as well as changes to sex ed, that uh, parents are going to have a bit more say over it, and banning third parties like Planned Parenthood from participating in sex ed after some pretty um, raunchy, let's call it raunchy, uh, so-called educational aids used in the classroom. Well, that's now resulted in Planned Parenthood and third parties being banned from the classroom in sex ed. So we're going to talk to our uh, Saskatchewan Bureau Chief, Chris Oldcorn, about that soon. Uh Stephen Gilbo, federal environment minister, uh, gone to China, playing very nice with the Chinese. The Chinese can be dealt with when it comes to stopping global warming and the like. Uh, so we're going to talk about his trip to China and contrasting that with uh, his interactions with the much more evil and totalitarian regime of the People's Republic of Alberta. Uh, so we're going to talk to our, uh, our business, uh, business reporter, Sean Polzer, about that. As well, Justin Trudeau is very angry at Facebook. He passed a law saying Facebook has to give free money to his friends in the legacy media. And Facebook said, no, we don't, because we're just not going to provide news on our platform anymore. And Justin Trudeau says, Facebook, you're killing people. There are fires going on. And without Facebook, people wouldn't know that their house is on fire. You're killing people. So Justin Trudeau, very angry, unfriending Facebook. Um, and then, of course, uh, a little close to home, federal news, but close to home. Christia Freeland, um, 
famously who says uh, famously says uh, she doesn't need to own a car. I live in downtown Toronto. I don't own a car. Why the rest of you yokels own cars? We can be uh, we can reduce our carbon carbon by not owning cars. Well, she was driving one very recently. Not sure it was rented or friends or whatnot, but she was driving a car and apparently doing her best impression of uh, Fast and the Furious, caught doing according to reports. 142 kilometers an hour, uh, ticketed by Alberta sheriffs at 142 kilometers an hour in a 100 kilometer uh, zone. Uh, I thought that gets your license uh, taken away or an automatic court appearance or something, but uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, an, an interesting little story that I don't think would be otherwise newsworthy, other than that she's anti car. But when she gouts one, boy. She, she sure loves using it then. Okay, before we get started, though, we're going to thank my favorite sponsor, the Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Ah, you know what? Corey, why don't you thank CSSA today? I can't thank the CSSA enough. I mean, as a firearms owner, if you want somebody standing up for you and making sure you can maintain that right to be a firearms owner, you can't get a better group than those guys and Bernardo and the rest doing that. And uh, yes, as well, the lots of resources and things going on at the CSSA, everything from uh, links to upcoming sporting events or just proper firearm usage. So like any other association, you should be a member if you own firearms. And uh, it's an investment in your rights. Go to CSSA, CSSA-CILA.org. Or as we always say, just Google them, get there, and it's well worth it. All right. Uh, well, we're going to start with the story with Jordan Peterson here. So this goes back I don't know, at least six months ago, maybe, maybe longer, but... Uh, yeah, there was this crazy news that the Ontario College of uh, Psychologists, uh, if I'm getting the name right, so, something like that, uh, they uh, they just disciplined him. Said, bad, Jordan. Um, they The college could not cite a single patient, current or in the history of Jordan Peterson's very long practice, that had filed a complaint here. So no actual complaints from anyone who's ever been a patient of Jordan Peterson. But uh, so presumably uh, complaints from people who have nothing to do with him. But uh, in there, they cited mean tweets he had made about Justin Trudeau, that he does not like Justin Trudeau, some unflattering things he said about Justin Trudeau, uh, his positions on various public policy issues. Apparently, all of this makes him unfit uh, to do his job as a psychologist. Well, Jordan Peterson became famous to begin with for not giving an F about what the authorities tell him he has to say or what he cannot say. And so it's no surprise to anyone that he does not comply. Uh, so he takes it to court because these things can be appealed to a court. Uh, and the Ontario courts have ruled that it was a, quote, minimal intrusion on his freedom of speech. Such a Canadian ruling. They don't really care about freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech is there as long as it doesn't conflict with anyone's feelings. And you know, feelings, that's what really matters here. And so, yeah, it might be a minor inconvenience to his freedom of speech, but it'll be a big help to people's feelings if he doesn't have mean <coughs> tweets about Justin Trudeau. Um, uh, Nigel, what, what do you think the fallout of this is gonna be? Because I I have a I have an inkling that uh, Jordan Peterson is not going to be attending the court-ordered sensitivity training anytime soon. I suppose the consequence of that will be that if he doesn't, they can revoke his license. Uh, what do you think the actual consequences of this will be if he does not attend the court-ordered sensitivity training? Well, just what you said, they pull his license. Actually, I wish he would go, 
and live stream it. I'm actually thinking that might be more fun. Uh, you know, but I know the college is not going to go for that because anything that could bring the, uh, the, the profession into further disrepute, they would stay away from. But I would guarantee you that if it were live streamed and if he did go through with it, they'd make them look like fools, Corey, which of course is what they are. Corey, what do you think would be better? Um, him thumbing his nose and saying, screw you, I'm not going, take my license away. Because he's not actually really, I don't believe he's actually practicing clinically anymore with patients. He's doing other things, making way more money than I think he could as a psychologist. What's better, him thumbing his nose, because that sends a good message, but as Nigel says, would it be better for him to just live stream this? Oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, be like and, Ezra Levant at the Human Rights Commission when he attended, but then just blasted them for the entirety yeah. of the interview. I mean, if, if Peterson put his feet up like an intransigent student that I'm sure he dealt with in some of his classes and uh, <clears throat> just, uh, you know, coasted through it and made a mockery of it, yeah. uh, so I mean, I guess, you know, it would be entertaining, but it would also undercut the seriousness of what's happened. I, I, I mean, it's not going to hurt him. He's selling books. He's got the speaking circuit. He's got the courses. But the cancel mob have realized a new way to shut people down. And that's to go after their professional associations. Mm -hmm. And that's scary. And a lot of everybody can afford to thumb their nose at it like Jordan Peterson can. So I, I hope he does keep fighting because he's mm -hmm. fighting for more than just himself on this. So, oh, yeah. so we were talking about this offline, Nigel. Um, yeah, because it's not going to be a hit to him. He's not really practicing. So if they take his license away... Well, all they're doing is the college is denigrating itself, but it might send a real chill through the spine of everyone else in the profession who doesn't kind of worship at the same altar as these guys that, okay, fine. Jordan Peterson has the means to say, screw you. I take my license away. What are you going to do? It's not going to hurt me. But there'll be a bunch of smaller fish in Ontario who are psychologists who, you know, aren't with the program yet, haven't gone through official re-education, if you will, or sensitivity training, whatever we call it. Um, this could send a real chill through the entire profession or the professions in general that, that they can use this uh, to shut you up. Yes, well, that is that is why this case matters. I mean, as, as far as you say, with Jordan Peterson, all that will happen is he'll put his fees up and uh, people will be glad to pay them because now not only is, the, is he the voice of reason, he's also a martyr to reason. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in one sense, the college is working against itself. But you're right. The uh, the word will filter down through the levels, and not just in the professions, but also to just people on the street. Because what comes out in the end is, well, you know, you can't say that anymore. Look what they did to Peterson, not realizing that they did nothing to Peterson. But uh, there is this chill effect, and that's what they're that's what they're after. They want to control speech. You mentioned just now, and you were right that uh, it is not just the psychologists. We've got the same thing happening right here in Alberta with the uh, Law Society. Mm -hmm. They are trying to define what lawyers think and speak about and should, should say. Uh, medical associations across the country well, during been, COVID, they, they well, tried to strip uh, the credentials of people who disagree with lockdowns and mandates. That. It's, uh, it's people still struggling with that stuff. So these uh, professional associations are, are, are very um, uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes type of influence, but they're real. And uh, the Peterson case just shows that beautifully. Mm -hmm. It's very dangerous. Corey, I've generally liked the idea of professions regulating themselves for the most part, but they can be a bit gatekeepery sometimes. Some of these professional associations will limit numbers coming in as a way of creating artificial scarcity, thereby increasing their own value in the market. Uh, but this is 
this is a new kind of game, I think. Uh, I, you know, maybe it's happened before in other forms, but at least in my lifetime, I can't recall professional associations becoming this inherently political, this inherently involved in the latest social and political issues, and uh, def so uh, so strictly defining what is the politically correct thought, what is right thinking at the time. Do you think? the answer might be to clip the wings of these associations to take away some of their self-governance if they're doing it? What do you, what do you think? Well, it's, it's a tough area. Yeah. I mean, you take away the self-governance. Well, there has to be a regulatory body for some of these in some sort of sense. Mm -hmm. And I don't trust the government to be any better at no, it. No, what's the answer? Uh, in, in fact, they would be worse. And when it's a mandated membership in order to apply your trade, you have no choice but to comply. I, I don't have an easy answer. Uh, pushing back, the members of these organizations, they're supposed to be member-driven. So, I mean, the members have to stand up and they have to stand up for each other. And they're quietly sitting by the sidelines while Peterson gets battered. It's unfortunate. We should be seeing more psychologists standing up saying, hey, 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 this isn't what I'm part of this association for. Well, they're, uh, they're so obviously Canadian courts. I have such a loathing lack of respect for. They're so political. And, you know, the American courts are political as well. But at least there are some checks and balances in the process. They actually get vetted going in, whereas here it's it's really just whoever the prime minister or the premier for the lower well, courts they vet the, really wants. Well, they vet the donations to the party. Yes, there is, there is a vetting to make sure donors get in. Yeah. Uh, maybe the answer is just more in the legislative framework around, around this. The, you know, the government, I, I certainly wouldn't want the government involved in any of the minutia of these professions. Leave them self-governing, but there is legislation that sets out the framework of what they can Def do. Define a little bit more of what's unprofessional. I mean, there are things that could have been done unprofessionally online that perhaps they would step in on, not in the case mm -hmm. of Peterson, but if he'd have been on there being perverse, if he'd have been harassing people on there or stalking people. I mean, there's mm -hmm. things where they might want to say, you're, but not, you're not representing. Political views. And those, that was an opinion they had a problem with. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, maybe they need something in their mandate to say, no, this has Clearly to be the, a behavior. The, the courts opinion. have no interest in supporting no. this at all. They, they, they think it's just fine. Wow. It's a typical Canadian ruling but, where freedom of speech is acknowledged to exist, but it is subordinate to everything else. I think what you're looking at is the result of the long march through the institutions that the revolutionaries first started talking about in the 1960s. They've gone into the universities, they've gone into the teachers' training colleges, the people who came out of the university and the teachers' training colleges and went into the schools, and finally we're starting to see a generation of people who actually genuine, genuinely do not believe in free speech, and they do want to see society molded in a certain way, and they are the ones who are now in the professional associations and driving this bus. And unfortunately, the people who are best qualified to stop them are usually the, the very best of the best, and they're too busy making money to take an in, interest in the professional association. So yeah. That's... It's not like this. It's not like this is a judo move by a small group. No. This is mainstream. All right, we're going to switch it up now. We're going to bring in our Saskatchewan bureau chief, uh, based in Regina, uh, Chris Oldcorn. Uh, Chris, uh, big changes to sex ed in Saskatchewan. I think maybe set the table for us. I think this kind of comes after the big brouhaha in uh, New Brunswick. Uh, and I guess Saskatchewan looked at it and said, huh, that's a good idea. Yes, thank, thanks, Eric. Uh, yeah, they did. And they actually went a step further than any other province has so far in Canada. 
by also excluding all third-party organizations. So that would include Planned Parenthood and also ARC, which is in charge of the uh, SOGI um, training that's going on in the schools. Uh, so they're reviewing all of that material before any of it can be taught in the classroom. And teachers are the only ones who can actually teach uh, sexual ed going forward. And then you also have, if your kid wants to change their name or pronouns and they're, they're under the age of 16, uh, there has to be a parent meeting connected to that with the school. Uh, so they are making major changes uh, to the way things were being done here. And uh, definitely the sex cards in the Lumsden High School was a big catalyst for that. And in the recent by-election in Lumsden, that was a major factor in the actual election. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it you who broke that story about uh, Planned Parenthood's uh, sex cards? That is correct. Yes, we did break the story and it even got picked up in uh, international media as well eventually. Yeah, well, maybe elaborate on that. I think uh, mm -hmm. that's an issue in Saskatchewan. I think a lot of people uh, in Sus outside of Saskatchewan don't know. So this was Planned Parenthood, uh, mm -hmm. for some reason, involved in sex education in schools. And they brought some, um, let's call them very uh, graphic uh, cards into the classroom. T tell us a bit about, about uh, what happened here and then what the government's reaction was when you broke the story. So basically what happened was Planned Parenthood was uh, in a grade nine class at Lumsden High School doing a sexual education uh, presentation. Now, it wasn't part of the presentation, but they had this other table with other materials on it, including the sex cards. And the Planned Parenthood person who was doing the presentation grabbed one of the decks, gave it to some kids at a table, and they started reading through it. And it's like, you're supposed to ask this. And do they know what this is and stuff? And... Um, they were straight up, I mean, uh, Jerry Ritz said it pretty good. He called them pornographic uh, and nothing short of that. Um, as a matter of fact, we ended up only printing uh, the words off of three of the cards and only printing two. And there was one for every letter of the alphabet uh, because they would, a lot of them, there, there's an open RCMP investigation into this right now. Uh, two students have already uh, given statements to the police about it, and it is an ongoing investigation. Uh, because it, it, those cards were way over the line of uh, what should be considered acceptable. Yeah. And it, media had to censor themselves on what we could even say. Uh, I don't want to put you on the spot because we haven't really prepared. Uh, I didn't say I'd tell you in advance we're going to do this. But can, are there any best, uh, greatest hits, some of the most outrageous cards uh, that they gave to these children uh, that you might be able to remember off the top of your mind? Hmm. Um, well, I thought for sure, like when I was, butts. I don't know. Um, well, there was uh, something called dangles, uh, which is when um, there is toilet paper uh, on someone's bum. You might find if you're in that area. Yeah. Um, amongst others, um, oh, so I did like, think uh, dingleberries. Yeah, Dingle dingleberries. Yeah, dingleberries. Uh, yes. Ah, so, but like, how was it? Was it like D is for dingleberries or uh... correct? Yep. Yep. There was. It was literally one for every letter of the alphabet. Um, I honestly thought that I was going to get H right at heterosexual, but it wasn't. It was called half and half. Oh. Um, yeah, so even heterosexual didn't make well, me well, What is half and half without uh, going too beyond PG-13? I, I don't know. Uh, I can't do it going. Uh, I, <laughs> I'll tell you off air, but I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't really say it on half air. It's you know what we'll do? Is we're going to put this yeah. behind the paywall, yeah. so only members. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a members-only feature on the Western Standard. Uh, oh. Chris? Chris, also, can you, uh, can you, you go uh, ahead. Uh, the, the organization that distributed those cards took them off their uh, website after the whole kerfluffle happened. Um, and we are actually one of the only ones with a full deck. 
So we actually have the PDF of the original cards. You got it here. Uh, Chris is the only mm -hmm. one working with a full deck in Saskatchewan. I'm the only one working with a full deck here in Saskatchewan uh, because I went and got it before they took it down. Uh, Chris, uh, okay, we're going to have to talk about this after, but I, I think <laughs> we should uh, PDF all these cards, and we're going to put this as a members-only article on the Western Standard. So if you want to see what um, colorful things are being shown from Planned Parenthood, and recently the government of Saskatchewan to children there, you're gonna have to be a member. Uh, and it's gonna have to be members only because we're gonna have to say like, are you 18 plus to view this content or something? You know, it's, we don't want kids getting this stuff. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I have a PDF of them all. Yep, we're, we're good to go. You do it as a sign up. You can do it as a sign up bonus or something. All right. Uh, you, you figure out the promo. Uh, all right, we'll talk to Dave about it. Uh, but you, you heard it here. Uh, check back within 24 hours and you'll be able to get full access to new X-rated material on the Western Standard. It'll be a special members-only section. <laughs> but hey, hey, this stuff was uh, at least temporarily uh, given in Saskatchewan classroom, so it must, must be appropriate, right? Um, okay, and, and uh, has there been any pushback since the announcement around pronouns? I know in New Brunswick, uh, the government, uh, they got a PC government there. Mm -hmm. uh, Atlantic conservative governments are not known for being particularly conservative, but they, uh, you know, they did a pretty common sense thing and said, uh, kids under 18, uh, we're not going to call them by, you know, if your name's Bob, we're not going to call them Sue without the parents mm -hmm. being notified here and, and signing off. Or if they are a boy, we're not going to call them a girl, etc. cetera. Uh, big blow up that's happened politically there challenges to the leadership of the premier um has there been any pushback or any reaction uh from the opposition in saskatchewan this change around pronouns and names and stuff uh for kids under 16. uh well yes uh, carla beck did say it was a new low for the government and called the policies uh transphobic sorry uh, who said that uh carla beck the leader of the ndp okay uh she responded to it yesterday uh, also, the, Sas uh, the Saskatchewan Federation of Labor Presidents also came out and called it a violent and despicable. Uh, and called violent. It violent and despicable, yeah. It, they, she said it, outing children as part of a political gamble is a violent and despicable thing to do. Mm. So, uh, and then you had the even, you had outside of Saskatchewan reaction too, like the Canadian uh, Civil Liberties Association came out with a big statement on you know, how this was going to hurt kids at home who don't, don't want to tell their parents and things like that. So yeah, uh, there was reaction across. It's right. Does anyone, uh, uh, can, do we have the reaction from the Canadian Civil Liberties Association on ordering Jordan Peterson to sensitivity training for mean tweets about Justin Trudeau? Do we, do we have that reaction? Uh, do we have their statement here? No? I have not seen that. No, I don't. I no. don't believe they'll be issuing one. No. On Bueller? That. Bueller? No, nothing. No, no, nothing from the Canadian Civil Liberties Association about... No. Court-ordered sensitivity training for mean tweets to the Prime Minister. Okay. All right. Uh, well, Chris, thank you very much for your time. Uh, did, uh, did we miss anything on this one? Uh, no. I mean, Mo came out in support of it, uh, obviously, because uh, it was his Minister of Education. But, yeah, the only, the only interesting part that we haven't mentioned is that um, in two different meetings Planned Parenthood had, put, Planned Parenthood had with the Education Minister, uh, they said they were interested in moving away from delivering classroom material. Um, which they've now been removed from anyways, so. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys, I'm going home. All right. right. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks, Derek. All right. Um, well, good for Saskatchewan.
Don't with, love with, it. with these violent, violent oh. outbursts by the government of Saskatchewan. Well, that's Gil McCowan's counterpart over there. So it's good to know that their head of the labor is as crazy as ours is. Yeah, good to know that the union movement is standing up to make sure that children can be called by incorrect pronouns without but, the permission. Yeah, permission but you notice the uh, fast and loose use of the language here. It is actually not violent when you say something. Well, and, no. And now, but but now words that, are violent. Words, are violence, words, words you know, e even silence is violence. According but, to but violent um, yeah. rioting, mm -hmm. that's speech. That's free speech. So you, you see what they've done here. Actual violence, hurting people, burning property, destroying property, attacking people, that's not violence. That's free speech. But saying something like someone's pronouns given to them by their parents, that's violence. Mm -hmm. So in all seriousness, one of the jobs as writers that we have is to try and maintain control of the language. Lord knows it's difficult because it is intentionally twisted and turned by the activist part of society. But, uh, you know, when you say something, it is not violence. That is, and when you do burn something, that is. We have to keep those kinds of truths very front and center. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to bring in Sean Polzer now. Sean is our energy reporter based here in our Calgary headquarters. Um, Sean, uh, Stephen Gilbo uh, headed off to China. I'm not you have to tell me if he's back yet or not, but uh, tell us, uh, he, he was going out there to do, I guess, uh, climate diplomacy, they would call it, with the Chinese. Um, but uh, tell us, uh, is he back yet? And uh, how has this gone so far? Well, he actually hasn't left yet. He's leaving on the 28th and uh, until the 31st. So it's, uh, I guess, when's the 28th? I guess that would be Monday, uh, Tuesday in, in Beijing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess I'll, I'll back up on that. Um, but uh, we've had some kind of communiques from the government setting the table, the language they're using. Why don't you tell us about some of the language they're using uh, for China when it comes to global warming issues and then vis-a-vis the language they are using with Alberta. Well, yeah, they uh, seem to be taking uh, definitely a lot softer line on uh, China than they are here in Alberta, where they're you know they're playing hardball with uh, Premier Smith over the electrical grid, even though that uh, China, uh, you know, their grid is absolutely enormous, but they, they get about sixty-three percent of their electricity from coal. They burn about half the world's coal doing it, and in fact, most of that coal that actually goes to China flows through Vancouver. The port of Vancouver is one of the largest coal exporting ports, definitely in North America, but uh, also in the world. So uh, it is a little bit ironic. Um, and he's um, a vice chair on this panel, uh, right next to the man that used to be the chief of staff for Xi Jinping, who's like uh, number six on the Communist Party hierarchy and who's in charge of uh, administering Hong Kong. And we all know how that's going. Uh, you know, people in Hong Kong are rushing to get out basically because of all the, the repression that's going on. So it, it does seem a little bit odd, you know, that uh, Monsieur Gilles would uh, take this title, that, that he would even accept a title on this working board, even if it is ceremonial or regardless of even what it hopes to achieve. Yeah, this body is, I don't know how much of you guys have seen of this, but it's its an apparatus of the Communist Party, the Chinese, the CCP. And Gilbo 
has an official position on it now. Um, I mean, and all this takes place in the background of very, very serious allegations of Chinese communist interference in Canadian elections. Does Is he just not seeing what we're seeing? Is he just like, I mean, in politics, it can be hard to get perspective of yourself. It happens. But I have a hard time seeing how Gilbo and the liberals don't take one look at this and say, at the very least, this is a bad look that we're going coddling the Chinese, talking to them real nice and gentle about global warming while we're trying to crush Alberta and Saskatchewan here. But we're going to go coddle the Chinese and join as a senior member an apparatus of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, I mean, it, it is absolutely insane. What is Gilbo thinking? You say, I think it's quite possible that he is a, a sort of a hair-shirted idealist, probably doesn't see the conflict, but there are enough people in the Prime Minister's office and in the Privy Council office who would absolutely see that this is a crazy thing. They would have been warned, and they're doing it anyway. And I, I just want to sort of emphasize something that Sean just said there about the absolute irony they, they, the Liberal government, will not allow Alberta to export natural gas to China so that China doesn't have to build so many coal power generating stations. But they got nothing to say about Roberts Bank, where this coal is going offshore to China, to generating stations, mm -hmm. uh, and, and apparently polluting the atmosphere. I would add to uh, Nigel, Seattle won't touch it. So uh, the reason a lot of that coal is coming through Vancouver is because the American ports on the West Coast won't touch it because they're they're shipping coal for electricity to China. You know, no, it's an so. absolute, uh, like when you look at these kinds of of uh, contradictions within government policy. Never mind within the world at large, but just within government policy, you have to wonder what is the animating spirit within that government yeah and uh, gilbo comes by here uh not that long ago to alberta and he refused to meet with senior senior energy executives who ostensibly will have something to do with his grand plans uh for alberta's energy grid yeah. but just not interested in meeting with them but he'll he'll go meet with uh communist butchers who are actively involved in undermining canadian democracy no problem all right. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, joining us, Sean. Thank you. Uh, you know who doesn't like Facebook? It's China. China. They don't like Facebook. Lots of censorship on Facebook. And as you all know, we've got a lot of censorship on Facebook now. Actually, Canada, arguably, outside of probably North Korea, would have probably the most censored Facebook feed of any country on the planet, barring North Korea. Now, it's not that the government passed a bill banning the news from Facebook, it's that the government passed a bill that Facebook says would result in them ha having no choice but to censor the news from Facebook, which is what they've done. Much to the shock of the government, Facebook did exactly what it said for the last year and a half before Bill C-18 was passed. They did exactly what they said they would do. And now they're trying to score points with the fires. So Trudeau and uh, and his guys are saying, well, we uh, and the CBC, the CBC in particular has got some, you know, pulling on heartstrings saying, please lift the ban on CBC for these fires in Yellowknife. 
So no one in Yellowknife would know there's fires unless you can read the CBC on, on Facebook. Uh, but what I think what we're getting now is an admission from the government, an admission from the CBC, an admission from the Torah star and post media, all these crooks who were saying that l having our links on your platforms was stealing from us. Now they're saying not having our links on your platforms is an attack on democracy. So uh, I don't know, are, are they able to hear, can they hear themselves out loud? Well, they're desperate and they're floundering. They've backed themselves in the corner and they won't back down. I mean, they, they will not repeal this thing. They, Meta called their bluff and said, fine, we'll stop linking. And you know what? No matter what is coming now, even if it was just short term for an emergency and if Zuckerberg felt, oh, you know, I feel bad about this, I'll, I'll lift it just during the fire. No, 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 no. Because now you're opening the door for them to extort from you. Now you've set the precedent post bill of having those links on there. They're not mm. going to do it. They're not going to stick it up there. It was an attempted shakedown. It failed. And uh, this government, in my view, is quite pathetically. Let's move on to the fast and furious <laughs> Freeland. So this is a funny one. Um, but let's uh, let's actually play the. Oh no, no, it's, I think it's. I don't think it's a video. But uh, she was quoted, uh, Christia Freeland, deputy prime, uh, prime minister and finance minister. Uh, she was quoted in the papers saying, uh, "You know, uh, surprise. Like I don't even own a car. I live in downtown Toronto. I don't need one. I'm." live close to the subway and blah, blah, blah. Well, good for you. I, I can see why you don't mind a carbon tax if you don't have to do much requiring carbon. For those of us who don't live in downtown Toronto, well, it's, it's, life isn't quite so easy. Um, so I say that because this the story we're going to talk about now, I don't think is otherwise newsworthy. I mean, it's not a criminal offense. Speeding tickets are not criminal offenses. Their provincial statute. Now, she was going particularly high over the limit, 42 over the limit in a 100-kilometer zone, according to reports. Um, now, this report came from Key and Bexty at the Counter Signal. They're an independent media outlet in Alberta. Um, we credited them for the story. Notably, uh, Post Media, which runs the Sun Papers, National Post, the Herald Journal, all these other ones, they used this story and they didn't credit them. I think you should be lowering up to, to get these guys to pay due credit. That's they might not like them. They might call them all sorts of nasty names. You take someone's story, you credit them. We credit the CBC for God's sakes. And we don't like doing it. We cringe a bit when we have to credit the CBC or Torah Star. But that's what you do as a professional courtesy. And in fact, it arguably might be a matter of copyright to be stealing that. But um, anyway, uh, we'll start with you, Corey. Is it newsworthy that yeah. uh, the deputy premier's got well, the pretty hefty speeding ticket up in the peace country? Sure, it's nothing to break into the middle of a football game for with breaking news, but it's worth noting. Unless she's... he's driving a white Bronco and we've got, and <laughs> oh, yeah. and we've got uh, the helicopter. You know, yeah. that, okay. She put herself on that pedestal. And this is the second time she's been slapped since putting herself on that pedestal. Because the first time chauffeur was, was when it found the chauffeur was saying, well, yeah, but it was expenses for all these other days. So, no, technically, she didn't need a car and she didn't drive. But she had a private chauffeured SUV on the bill of the taxpayer. So it makes it a little different now, doesn't it, Madam Freeland? But now as well with, okay, you're in Alberta. You rented a vehicle or borrowed or presumably or something like that. Fine. 
But again, the least we would hope for is you drive it responsibly. Do you know your fuel consumption goes up dramatically when you start speeding? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've the heard. Carbon. I mean, I don't speed, but, you know. She, she killed three polar bears on that trip. Oh, yeah. So hypocrisy is always newsworthy, particularly when it comes to the deputy prime minister. This isn't just a liberal backbencher either. This is a very senior position. Not only this, I don't know. Do you think this does any chink in the armor of the liberals? Well, no, I, I think not. No, it's, it's been played for laughs. I'm actually, you know, I'm just going to go off message a little bit, and I'm going to say this on uh, Christia Freeland's behalf, this and this only, and only this once. But, you know, if she had got legitimate business up there in uh, Peace River, then, and, and she probably did, and she had ordered a government car at vast expense from the little fleet they keep in Edmonton, that would be a story too. You'd be getting the chauffeur's chit, and you'd be getting the mileage, and you'd find what it cost. As it was, even if she expensed it, she just went and she got a car from somewhere, and she did what she had to do. Maybe it was just personal business. Probably, Actually, she's from that area. Yeah, she originally. is from that area, so it's so just seeing probably relatives. personal. So, you know, uh, she was never going to win on this one. She was either going to, uh, what she didn't have to do was to put the boot down and... Uh, Roll coal as we have on our little uh, name there. I, you know, I don't care. Like our speed limits are too low. I have, I think we should actually have an Alberta bond. So like, build out our highways enough, and in the areas where it's straight and it's level, drive as fast as you want. As long as we've got some good rules on the road, you know, slow traffic stays right. That kind of thing. Well, watch out I, for deer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get a, I gotta get one of those deer cages on my truck. Yeah. The thing uh, is, the environmentalists. I mean, there's some that I respect, and that's the ones that walk the walk. I, I think of celebrities. Even yeah. I think it's Ed Bigley Jr. He, he actually lives in a small house. He drives, he rides his bike, does things he can. Versus DiCaprio, who's in a giant yacht, who's telling us not to consume more stuff. Or well, Gilbo flying all Gilbo, over the they fly around world. And, and then when you're driving, I mean, I. I was she using a Tesla? Do we know she was driving? We should find out what kind of car she was using. Because yeah. I guess it wouldn't have been that much more in emissions if uh, she was... It was electric. Yeah. Well, then it would but have been charged can, through a, a coal-generating plant up in Northern yeah. Alberta. You know, uh, I was meeting with someone yesterday. I can't say who. But I, I was in a meeting yesterday. And uh, tell me a funny story. He saw, it was just the last few days, he saw someone driving a Tesla around Calgary. And he says, this, this was the only vanity license plate he's ever liked. I thought it was good. He's driving a Tesla, and it's a, the, the license plate was coal-powered. <laughs> so he was aware. And I mean, like, the te- I've never driven a Tesla, but apparently they're a pretty good ride. They're fast. They're powerful. They're just grossly expensive. But, I mean, if you want to drive a Tesla, drive a Tesla. Just don't think you're morally superior about it. And apparently this guy, that's what he was. He wanted the Tesla. He just didn't feel morally superior about it. So kind of disclosed that, yeah, I'm driving a Tesla, but... I know what powers the Tesla at the end of the day. My neighbor says it's like driving your phone. So that could be a good thing touch, or a bad touch, thing. Touch, you know, I don't know. Give I, me a switch, something I can turn off and on. I like to hear some vroom when I drive, and it's yeah, a pretty yeah, quiet. I've, I've seen that with a. I think some of the sports models of you they know, have specialty, sounds. they have the sounds and the vibration because they can't get. The, the high-end sports cars purchasers, we're talking the six-figure cars, uh-huh. yeah. uh, to get in, they want to feel it. So they've actually uh, simulated it within the vehicle so they can get that feel while they drive. Because I guess they really do pick up and go as fast as, a, as a car. They're apparently a good drive. Yeah, but uh, you just don't get that feel. So the oh, real expensive ones. They probably take off like a rocket. But, uh, that's SpaceX. 
No. Different Elon company. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, Nigel, Corey, thank you for joining. It was fun. And I uh, thank all of you for joining us today. If you're not yet a member of the Western Standard, go to westernstandard.news right now. Click on membership. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year to get unlimited access to all of our con content and our network of reporters across the West. Uh, and, of course, we need your support. Uh, the Western Standard has refused to take the federal government's media bailouts, and we are attacked constantly by federal legislation like C-18, meant to bail out our competitors, but ends up blowing up in the media's face anyway and limiting our reach. So we very much need you to support us uh, with, uh, with your monthly subscriptions. So thank you very much for joining us today, and God bless. Here's an update on commodity prices in Lethbridge, where we've had about an inch rain over the past few days. Cash barley is down five dollars at three sixty-five. Feed wheat is steady at three seventy-nine, and corn is down five dollars at three seventy-six per metric ton. In the milling wheat market, September Minneapolis futures added nine and a half cents at seven eighty-three per bushel, with local harder at spring bid for August movement at ten dollars per bushel. Looking at canola, November futures are higher, six dollars and forty cents at eight oh two forty per ton, with the Liberty advice for September movement at seventeen eighty-five per bushel. In the pulse markets, nearby red lentil prices remain at 33 cents per pound, and yellow peas are trading at 10.20 per bushel. And looking at cattle, October live cattle are up 35 cents at 178.30 per hundred weight. For more information on pricing or picked up options, give me a call at 403-394-1711. I'm Matt Buzicum at Marketplace Commodities. Accurate, real-time marketing information and pricing options. Canadian Shooting Sports Association. Without the CSSA, our gun rights would have been taken long, long ago. These guys are on the front lines uh, helping to draft smart and intelligent firearms regulations and legislation in Canada. And more importantly, educating the public about how we keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. To become a member, it's absolutely worth every penny. You can become a Western Standard member for just $10 a month or $99 a year for unlimited access.